Hey, this is Jake from the Infinite Rabbit Hole leaving a voicemail while listening to the Beast of Bray Road Part 2, and you're listening to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Hit record. <laughs> Fucking asshole. I hit record. I said, are you ready? Everybody said yes. I hit record, and you said, hurry up. No, wait. Wait. No, I'm fine. Go. Okay. The heck's wrong Good. with you? You should turn down your gain more. If you look at your sound waves, you're cutting right. off the top of your audio. I'm just going to move my microphone this way. Is that better? Good? Yeah. Good? Yeah, that's better. Welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole, oh, where we boy. don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> no, 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 you don't know what you're doing. We're fine. Listen, you know nothing anymore. Listen to yourself, dude. You know listen that, here, buddy. Listen, dude. Listen, dude. Can I'm not I, your can pal I, guy. Can I, can I do this now? Can I do the introduction? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Are we, are we ready? Fucking Jake. Damn it. Oh, shit. You. You're lucky I love you. All this abuse. Jeff's conspiracy. (laughs) Okay. Good. Do it. Jeff's part of the alphabet soup, boys. Yeah. I don't have my glasses here. Anyways. In Navajo lore. (laughs) I can't take Jeff seriously right now. I'm just sitting here (laughs) listening. Shut up, guys. It's bright, dude. Everybody shut up. Everybody shut your mouths. Muting. Kenzo, that means you too. Damn it. How am I supposed to do this without laughing? You guys suck. You started it. I did nothing. I'm Jeremy, no go. Thing. You're wasting time. I have 17 pages, so if Jeff oh wants me to do gosh. this, he'll, he'll take oh it seriously. I didn't know the glasses were the problem. <laughs> did you just say so? <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is a great, great uh, comeback for you. Yeah, welcome. You back. better leave all this yep. crap inside the episode. No. Yep, all of it. <laughs> the average listen time on this will be thirty seconds. <laughs> Danny will be our only listener all the way through. I was just gonna say, Danny would <laughs> love it, all of it. <laughs> right. Uh, thanks for being true, Danny. Thank you. All right. Sorry, right, 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 I don't see no waveforms on my recording. Here we go. So Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. In Navajo lore, there is a creature whose origin spawns from man. A man of medicinal and spiritual practice who turned evil throughout their journeys. One that is said to be able to reach this pinnacle of witchery by taking a life of their own bloodline, among other heinous acts as well. This dark practitioner is known to the Navajo as the Yi Navushi, or more commonly referred to as a skinwalker. The Yi Navushi translates to, with it, he goes on all fours referring directly to the Skinwalker's ability to shapeshift into many animals known and unknown to man. One of the most common forms a Skinwalker is said to shift into is that of a wolf, coyote, or an unknown upright walking canine of massive stature. And yes, sometimes they are blamed for a local Bigfoot sighting as well. But today, we won't be diving into the path of the Skinwalker but rather down the large and winding corridor of a ranch in the Uinta Basin of Utah 
that shares this dark witch's namesake, a place that is the epicenter of creature sightings, UFO encounters, spiritual and paranormal experiences, missing time, portals into other dimensions, lost people, strange effects on humans, cattle mutilations, dancing orbs of light, and many more. Today, we celebrate two years of exploring the world of the strange and the unknown by finally visiting the 480-acre Skinwalker Ranch of Northeast Utah. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. Every bit of concentration to not get through that without laughing. I see your I see your audio hasn't gotten any less breathy. (laughs) (laughs) Give the man a break. Damn, Jeez. Stop being such an ape. I did you miss us, Jeremy? Two months to rip on him. I miss you guys insanely. You know listen to every episode. Everyone. I realized that we totally missed a moment. We could have done this like sad emotional song and this like goodbye Jeremy type thing, acting like you died and talking about how you're moving cross country and you left us. Like <laughs> we missed it. It would have been great. Well, I'm back. I'm back, everybody. Back to the infinite rabbit hole. Back Two back. years. Two years. Today. This episode marks the two-year anniversary of the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. Jake? Dude, I'm going to get a face tattoo. (laughs) Congratulations, man. Thanks. Although, you took a good chunk of time away, you know? But that's whatever. Well, so did you, you know? When? Just now. (laughs) (laughs) Prove it. I'll bring up the audio. (laughs) Well, this is my 100th episode on the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. And just like I did with the one-year anniversary, I chose the topic for the two-year anniversary. chose a topic that is highly requested. Something that I've probably been requested most out of any topic other than Bigfoot. (laughs) People want to hear Bigfoot from us um, and missing 411 stuff. Uh, so today we're going to dive into Skinwalker Ranch. Wes, what are you doing? What are you talking what about? What is that? What is that? What is what? He's getting in the mood. Yeah, the mood. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Skinwalker, man. No, guys. It feels great. It really does. I'm I'm really excited to be back. Uh, you guys did a great job while I was gone. I listened to every single episode. Kid, good job on that Disney episode, man. Thank I'll you. Tell you, what a fucking Thank job. You. Good job. Good stuff. I'm glad you enjoyed. Thank you. Yeah. I Wes, fun with that one. I haven't heard yours yet because it's it's not out at the time we're recording this. But I'm sure you did terrible. Uh, Jake, 
Giants was good, man. I can't wait to hear what else you got there. And of course, Jeff, I really wish I was part of that weather modification episode because I was arguing with you in my truck. Of course, you political is what he's saying. He's like, he's like, tone it down. No, no. There was a couple times. There was a couple times, and I was like, okay, guys, calm, calm the fuck down. Seriously, like, what, what are you guys doing? But I thought it went pretty good. Oh, speaking no. of which, Wes, I watched the Idiocracy movie. I finally did, and oh you know what? God. And I also watched the um, Hunger Games series. And I think that it's more like we're going to go into a Hunger Games type thing than Idiocracy. Although Mm -hmm. I did see it and I was just like, ah, it's a funny movie, but I see the the parallels. But I think I I, I was literally going to say you stole it out of my mouth. Literally going to be a perfect mix of the two. All the the super rich are going to be like the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. And then all the people living in the poor districts and shit are going to be like, it's going to be like Idiocracy. You guys got to you got to watch Altered Carbon. That's where we're going. That's but. that's a that's a great great show, absolutely love it. It's a show or a movie. It's a show, show on Netflix. Watch like forty five seconds of it's, it, and I was like, no, no, yeah, you I gotta, get into Alter Carbon either. You gotta but... watch it, getting to end, and you're gonna be like, whoa. Yeah, I still need what? to watch this Idiocracy movie. We're hijacking this episode. And we're just gonna talk about shows that we like. Yep. <laughs> and how much Idiocracy mirrors the real world? Yep. Nope. We're gonna talk about Skinwalker Ranch fine so all at once what do you guys know about skinwalker ranch not a lot uh yeah about the same i know i feel like i know quite a bit because i've listened and watched a few different like i listened to a few different podcasts about it and also a couple different shows covering it so i feel like i have a, a fairly good uh base of knowledge on what has happened there and what continues to happen there what's weird about it but i want to hear what you you got because there may be some uh juicy uh unknown nuggets in there well uh yeah so <laughs> i did I know the same post thing. malone went there he did he did yeah. unfortunately we're not talking about post malone today <laughs> uh we're going to start at the beginning with with skinwalker ranch um i have two episodes planned right now for this and i mean if the listeners like it, I can dive more into some of the current stuff, but all the current stuff is out there, right? So you have the show, um, uh, geez, what's the name of that show? It's on the History Channel. It's about Skinwalker Ranch, right? And they have a team that's uh, conducting studies actively on the ranch. And they're on like their third or fourth season. I think I watched that. I think that might have been one of the shows I watched. Secrets at Skinwalker Ranch or something like that? Something like um, that, yeah. That sounds familiar. It's a good show. It's decent. Like, there's some pretty cool stuff that happens, and I'm curious as to how much of it is just like, you know, uh, staged. Um, yes, but... you you had the uh, title right. The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch started in 2020 and continues till today. So, if anybody that's listening to this show and wants some more of the more current stuff on Skinwalker Ranch, I would recommend going there. Uh, we're going to dive into the background of it. And really delve into some of the uh, history that you just can't find by watching a TV show right now. Of course, uh, there are multiple different documentaries and books on the subject that you can pick up or turn on and get a similar dose of knowledge from. But you won't get our points of views and our opinions, which is we all know that's why you're here for. Um, Definitely. 
So, without further ado, you guys ready to roll? Ready. Yes. Ready, Wes, ready. are you making ready. those as we go? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those that are watching on YouTube, Wes's background, that is the art that he does. Um, and obviously, some he's doing some, some Skinwalker Ranch styled artwork. Very nice. I'm trying to set the tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Set the mood. I think that shirt does it for everybody. This one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turkey oh. sheet, man. I actually love that. That shirt's great. <laughs> All right. Speaking of shirts, I gotta I gotta shout out Jeff's <clears throat> Kramer shirt. It's fucking rad, dude. <laughs> Metal bra. Oh yeah, kiss me, Jeff. Oh yeah, Wes. Whoa. Okay, that's a little much. Now let's just carry on. (laughs) Now there's a lady in the room. Let's touch. Let's touch. What you guys do with each other is what. Don't leave me out of it. (laughs) All right. Anyways, (laughs) after this, we'll all go and rub mustaches. We'll be good. Yeah, we'll all be good. Have fun. We will not be doing that. Have fun. I'm out. (laughs) <laughs> the earliest written documentation of strangeness goes back to the 1860s when the Mormon leader Brigham Young led the church's followers west to try and escape further religious persecution after the assassination of Joseph Smith with the church's founder. One of the colonies that were established after Young's push to the west was based in the now famous corner of the Uinta Basin, now known as Skinwalker Ranch. Here, the local Navajo hunters and tribespeople shared stories of their local legends and lore. By the 1880s, the Mormons also began telling stories of their own experiences with the skinwalkers throughout the basin. When miners began to show up in 1885 to harvest the basin's plethora of minerals and metals, the skinwalker became a full-blown phenomena with old and new beliefs mixing into a terrifying concoction. The Uinta Basin is well known as a UFO hotspot and ranks amongst the most active areas in the world for UFO activity. The absolute earliest recording of a possible UFO sighting came in 1776 when Sylvester Valles de Escalante, more famously known as Father Escalante, the discoverer of the Grand Canyon, wrote in his journal when camped at El Rey about a strange fireball in the sky that flew over the camp. Beginning in the 1950s, the first modern reports of such craft were being documented. In 1951, a science professor from the University of Utah by the name of Junior Hicks reported seeing a classic cigar-shaped craft hovering over Skinwalker Ranch. Hicks was joined by 30 students at the time, and all of them claimed to have witnessed the UFO that day. This event propelled Hicks into being the first serious researcher of the ranch. Through his research, he was able to uncover many stories from locals of unknown flying objects over the basin. Junior Hicks would go on to have his reports documented by way of being published in a book titled The Utah UFO Display by Frank B. Salisbury, Ph.D. Every walk of person has reported seeing incredible things in the skies surrounding the Uinta Basin, and by the 1960s, cattle mutilations hit the scene a phenomenon seen all over the world. Cattle mutilations are exactly what it sounds like. A corpse 
of a bovine is left in such a way that resembles mutilation from unknown sources by mysterious means. And of course, creatures have been spotted in the basin for years as well. Creatures such as Bigfoot, quadrupedal human-like reptiles, large upright walking canines, and other mysterious animals have been reported to frequent the area, making the Uinta Basin not only a hot spot for UFOs, but high strangeness in general. Welcome to Skinwalker Ranch, everyone. It's your turn. There you go. Uh, I'm not buying it. So, first question: <clears throat> When are we going? When? Yeah. Thank like, you for the introduction, first and foremost, though. Oh, thanks, kid. And thanks for the invite. <laughs> um, we are gonna start off. Let's see. Um. We're going to start off with the Shermans in about 94. That was, uh, well, okay. I'm not going to say nothing because I know a little bit about the ranch, but I don't want to spoil nothing that you're about to talk about. So I'm not going to say nothing. But yeah, today we're going to dive really heavily into the Shermans. And then on the next episode, we will dive into the Nids team, which we'll get a little bit more familiar with them later. Good to go. Good to go. Good to go. All right. <clears throat> According to Keller and Knapp's book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, the Shermans lived in New Mexico before moving to the property known as Skinwalker Ranch. Terry was a very good raiser of prized Angus cattle. He took pride in his work and really wanted to expand his talent on a better chunk of land for the needs of his herd. The Shermans collectively were looking to leave the much more populated area that they called home in New Mexico and were surprised to find a very large chunk of land for a really good price in the northeastern corner of Utah. But this would turn out to be a decision that they would eventually regret. Before the Shermans were discovered as the family who reported all of the strangeness at the ranch, they were known as the Gormans. In a book published in 2005 by the name of Hunt for the Skinwalker by Calm A. Keller and George Knapp, the Shermans were referred to as the Gormans for the protection of their identities. So yes, anyone listening to this episode and are experiencing or expecting to hear about the Gormans, well, you are, but I will be referring to them as their actual names, the Shermans, as they did come out publicly since the publishing of this book famous book that documented the history of their time on the ranch. In 1994, the Shermans bought the property and really thrusted the phenomenon that is Skinwalker Ranch into the limelight of the strange and unusual. The Shermans purchased the ranch from Kenneth John and Edith Child Myers, the original owners. The Myers family originally purchased the land in 1933, which consisted of 160 acres. Over the period of their ownership, they would expand their property to the current 480 acres that now belongs to the ranch. They spent their time focused on the land and never had any children. Kenneth passed away in 1987, and Edith continued to live on the ranch alone until her death in March of 1994, which opened the opportunity for the Shermans to purchase it. Unfortunately, there is not much recorded about the Myers family's time on the ranch. But when the Shermans finally moved in, excuse me, (laughs) unprofessional, 
They were un they were understandably shocked to find locks and deadbolts throughout the house. But that wasn't the strangest thing about the situation. The locks were on both the inside and outside of every door, window, and closet of the ranch. At each end of the farmhouse, large steel rings were embedded into walls, with large steel chains hanging off of them. In the contract for the property, there was one very strange clause built in that can easily be found in public records. That was that there was to be no digging on the property unless the previous sellers were properly notified. But the strangeness didn't end there. So, we've been introduced to the Sherman family. Um, I got a question about these locks, man. How do you get yeah. locks on both sides of all the doors, including closets? How do you lock the inside and then lock? Uh, unless you're trying to lock something out. If you're trying it's, to protect it's, yourself. It's, it's not necessarily meant to have both of them locked at the same time. It's for when you're inside, you lock them from oh, the okay, inside. You. And when you're outside, right, you lock them from the outside. I was thinking in my mind, I'm picturing like the doors were all locked from both no. sides. No, there was just locks on gotcha. the inside and outside of all windows, doors, and closets. Well, the skinwalker locked the other side. Well, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah. Knock twice for a lock, Obviously three times for unlock. Yeah. <laughs> it was now, a team what... effort, Jeff. <clears throat> Hmm. Wasn't there uh, deadbolts on all the uh, the cabinets and stuff also? So I found a source that said that as well. Um, but the two other sources only listed the doors, closets, and windows. So I just went with that. So possibly. Are you going to um, be talking about the cabinets at all? The no. things that Okay. Nope. Is there more to the closet and, and whatnot? Uh, there, there's a lot more. That probably. My question is, why are we bolting the closets? <clears throat> That's well, why well, I'm asking. Is there more? Is there more to like? Are we going to be given more about the closets here, or is that we're just... going to we're going to be given more about the happenings on the ranch that you will probably Could understand the closets? Yeah, I mean, okay. there may or may not be things that happen on the ranch that would uh, make you want to lock something out. In the closet? Yeah. Well, Shout maybe in the you closet. Want... <laughs> <laughs> I could get hiding in the closet and wanting to lock something to this, out of the closet, but like, I I don't... If if it's already outside of the house and all the doors and windows are already locked, what's the purpose of the closets? <laughs> we'll just never know. Also, know. why did they change... Are, are you going to, co are you going to cover that? You cover, oh, why, why did... did... Why did these people come out with their names after a really famous book is dropped if this isn't a ridiculous made-up story? Because I mean, so, like, they didn't want the publicity. Sound like and then a, a shill right great now. book comes it's out, and then suddenly they're like, oh, okay, now we'll <laughs> drop our names. No, no, no. Okay, so here's here's the reality of things, okay? We're going to kind of skip ahead a little bit to kind of to answer uh, Jake's question, because it is a good question, right? The The Shermans... Uh, actually came out after a specific event that we'll talk about later and said, this is happening on my property. Okay. I'm selling my property. I don't want it. Somebody come and take this. They sold it for a good, uh, a low price. It wasn't a, like a money-making property for them. Mm -hmm. um, they lost a ton of money in this, which we'll get into. Um, no, 
you know, when, when we talk, start talking about cattle mutilations and stuff like that, these guys, these, the Shermans were raising prized cattle. Okay. They were, they were raising, uh, heifers and Mm -hmm. Angus and all kinds of really good stuff. And they lost a total of 14 different cat cows or bulls in this process while they owned the ranch and a few more when the NIDS team owned the ranch. Um, we'll get into that whole relationship a little bit later, but just know that each one of these cows were upwards of a couple thousand dollars worth. Right. Per. So it's not like, I mean, these guys spent, I mean, if, if this was all just a, a cover or, you know, something where they were trying to get famous off of, uh, they spent a lot of money doing it. First of all, second of all, they came out with their own name, when they came out with the, their story to the newspaper, which we'll dive into later, uh, Keller and Knapp, when they wrote the book, Keller is actually a part of the NIDS team. Uh, here's here's the cover of the book, by this the way. This is George Knapp? This is George Knapp. This, okay. is, this is George Knapp. Um, this is the cover of the book, Hunt for the Skinwalker. Keller was a part of the NIDS team. And as a way to kind of uh, protect... Sherman, they called them Gormans. And uh, I mean, it was never really a secret. When the book came out, there was this huge thing about why didn't you just call him Sherman and and whatnot. But Keller really uh, wanted to try to help uh, uh, Terry, who they became pretty good friends while Mm -hmm. Keller was in the NIDS team. You know, he just didn't want to bring more attention to his friend, but he wanted to get Skinwalker Ranch out into the limelight because he felt that this place needed to be investigated more properly. Did the Shermans then go and make their own book in which they could have gotten more revenue from to comp nope. the loss of their house? Nope. Okay. They, then they it might moved, not be fake. Not <laughs> they, be. they moved 25 miles away, which again, we'll touch on a little bit later uh, after they sold the house and never had a problem again. They never had any kind of paranormal, maybe some UFOs in the sky because of the general area that they lived in is very, very hot for UFOs and and such. But nope, never put out a documentary themselves, never uh, wrote a book. They just wanted to get back to ranching. Hmm. Okay, I'm I'm on board. Okay. I need some clarification, though, just so I'm on the right track here yep. um you said that in the contract for the house they couldn't do any digging without notifying the previous owners so i just want to make sure this was a contract signed by the shermans they could not dig without letting the myers know actually it was uh the the wife Myers. i can't remember judith right judith edith, myers judith whatever edith, yeah. maybe it was edith uh sorry i'm not looking at my notes her brother was actually the uh the person who had the right to the property to sell. Okay. So they, the Shermans had to tell the brother if they were going to do digging. Okay. We're on the, we're on the same page now. And uh, I don't go over this, uh, but in one of my sources, that was, that was the next question. Yeah. Do we get more on the dirt on, on digging in the dirt? (laughs) Well, you, you do. If you watch the TV show, the history uh, are the, the, 
whatever skinwalker ranch on the history channel i probably um, won't but i will keep that in mind <laughs> i actually, i've actually watched the first two seasons i haven't seen the third season yet but uh they do heavily talk about the the issue with digging on the property what a weird thing to put in a contract is that even legal well, I thought so like, too. i'm selling you this I mean, house and i'm gonna tell you what you're allowed to do on it like heck no this is my house in a contract but Good. you know uh but if you don't mind me Jeremy uh, saying uh, in the show, when they talk about the digging, they basically just say anytime anyone has ever dug on the property, bad, bad stuff happens. Yes. Uh, And so like in the show, like the people that work on the ranch, they're like terrified of like anyone attempting to dig anything. So so if they just decided we want to put a fence along this side of the property, nobody's going to do it because they have to dig into the ground. I don't know if it's it. So it, it, if you watch the show, it's more like heavy digging, like taking a... Oh, uh, like excavations. Yes, yeah. Because they're going to pull up all the dead bodies, yeah. Okay, either, either that, that makes sense. Or at the end of episode two, when, when we start talking about what this could possibly be, I think I'm going to make some connections. And I'm sure Jeff will get there, too. Um, Jeff, Jeff's that's pretty smart mean? guy. Oh, uh, okay, thank you. Yeah. fucking crazy <laughs> dude, man. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All, All my right. questions have been answered. We're good now. Are we ready to roll? Yes. Ready. All right. Soon after moving into the Myers family ranch, the Shermans became accustomed to seeing a very large wolf on the property. Their first encounter with the creature happened while Terry, Gwen, their children, and Terry's father were working out in one of the fields. When out of the corner of his eye, Terry spotted something coming down the hill in his direction that looked oddly canine in nature. As the dog creature got closer, Terry and his father were able to determine, able to determine that this was no typical dog, coyote, or out-of-place wolf. This creature was way too large to be any of, of those. Eventually, the creature ran up to Terry and his family with a docile posture. Terry felt so comfortable around the creature with his family that he was able to reach out and run his hands through its dense gray fur and describe the creature as being extremely powerful. But this friendly posture wouldn't be the case for long. As Terry was running his hand through the wolf's fur, the creature took off extremely quickly into the corral that they kept their cattle in and stuck its head in between the metal bars and bit down on the head of the closest calf. The wolf began pulling the screaming calf through the cage's bars. In response, Terry ran up to the wolf and began punching and kicking the creature's ribs, which proved to be pointless. Next, Terry grabbed a nearby baseball bat and swung as hard as he could repeatedly onto the top of the creature's head. Again, with no response from the canine, Terry's next option was to yell to his son to get his magnum. This large handgun was in Terry's truck and his son quickly returned to his father with the gun in hand. Terry took a quick aim and blasted several direct hits into the side of the creature. The first three shots surely hit the creature, but failed to leave any wound or effect. The fourth shot, Terry put the barrel against the creature, and at point-blank range, fired another round into its side. This time, the wolf let go of the calf and turned to face Terry himself. Mr. Sherman then raised the gun and shot the creature once more in the chest. Again, 
Seemingly unfazed by the handgun, the wolf turned around and simply walked away without a single visible wound. The calf, surprisingly still alive, rushed to the rest of the bovines in the corral, bleeding loudly with blood rushing from several locations around its head. The large wolf stared at Terry with its light blue eyes from about 10 feet away as he raised the 357 and shot another round into where he thought the animal's heart would be. Seemingly unfazed again, Terry asked his son to get his 30 6 The boy returned from the house with a firearm, and Terry sent another round at the animal head-on. This time, the impact made the creature recoil about five feet, but still just stood there and stared at Terry and his family. Terry felt a cold sweat come over him. This animal should be as good as dead by now. He had unloaded five bullets from his magnum and one from his rifle. Terry raised the rifle once more and fired another shot into the creature's chest, and this time there was an audible thump and a clear chunk of flesh missing from the animal's shoulder. The chunk of flesh and fur lay on the ground near the creature. The wolf creature slowly retreated after a brief pause from the impact. The family watched as the animal disappeared into the tree line bordering their property with only a pathway of paw tracks proving it ever existed. This would cause Terry and his son to pursue the creature after reloading their arsenal, but the track suddenly disappeared, entered, suddenly entered at a random spot a few feet into the tree line. The tracks just simply disappeared. This was their official introduction into the real anomalies of their new home, but far from their last. After the first encounter with the large wolf creature, Gwen Sherman, Terry's wife, had another run-in with the same creature as she was arriving at home one day. As she re-entered her car from opening the gate to their driveway, she noticed the large gray wolf standing 30 feet away from her passenger side door. Behind this wolf was another large black wolf who stayed a far distance away. She quickly pushed the pedal down and took off for the house. No matter how fast she could drive, the creature maintained the uncanny ability to stay close to her car. This continued for quite a while before the creature veered off and went off in another direction. This encounter led Gwen to drop by the local office of Tribal Affairs to report the encounter. The Tribal Affairs officials told Miss Sherman that all wolves in the area were killed off in 1929 and that there have been no such sightings since. Their answer to her reports were that it was most likely a stray dog or coyote. Dude, that's terrifying, to be honest with you. <clears throat> to unload into something like that and literally have no effect, that's terrifying. Yeah. Because those are big <clears throat> rounds, dude. That dude wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. But it's weird to me that the the Magnum wouldn't have any effect but the 30-odd six would knock this thing back five feet. So for that, you need to know a little bit about the lore of skinwalkers, right? Um, a skinwalker can... It's hard to say, right? So a skinwalker has areas of their body when they're in animal form that cannot be harmed. Um, so to to get a little bit of background into the skinwalker without going too far because I've already introduced quite a bit of it. Uh, and I don't, I want to save it for an actual skinwalker episode. Just know that there are 
certain parts of the body while a skinwalker is in the form of an animal that is impervious to being injured. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't start, you know, cuz I have a 357 Magnum. And if I put cuz I don't know, I counted 6 shots. But regardless, if I Same. if I shot this thing 6 times and it didn't do anything and then I shot it with a 30 out 6 and then it uh and then it showed some visible signs on the second one, I wouldn't then go take my my rifle and my son and go gallivanting into the brush to go chase this thing down i just let it go and be like everyone get the f inside the house <laughs> get inside the I, truck i know? personally wouldn't have even sent my son to go get the second gun i would have been like now nah, let's get the fuck out of here like right. in the house let's go lock all the cabinets i mean double lock trying the closets. to protect your uh, livelihood you know i mean yeah, but you can buy more cattle, but not if you're dead. Yeah, but you need <laughs> you got to sell the you know the cattle you have now to make money. You know, like I don't know. I I, I can understand why he went after it. You know, yeah. he want to. He thought at you know after shooting it with the the three fifty seven and then going after it with the thirty out six that he thought okay maybe now it's injured maybe it's close to being dead. He just needs to finish the job. You know. Uh, <clears throat> But I mean, from what I what from what I've you know read and and heard about that that particular story, you know the size of it was massive. You know that alone would have like had me uh, shitting bricks. You know, <laughs> like so, for sure. So there was in in this book, Hunt for the Skinwalker. Um, there was a part that I didn't include where. Um, when Gwen was was uh, getting back into her car from unlocking the gate onto her driveway, where this thing, when it was standing, I think they said 30 feet away, uh, the thing had to hunch down so that it could properly see her inside of her car. That's how big these things were. Um, and this, so this is the last... The shoulder? Yeah, this is, this is the last time we're going to talk about it tonight, um, but this is not the... The only case of seeing a, uh, one of these creatures. Uh, there, there may or may not be more in the next episode. So there will uh, be. Okay. Uh, <laughs> did, yeah, did, I, I don't know. Did Go it ahead, say Wes. what kind of car she was in? So we have no. a, like a frame of reference. No, Miata. I have no idea. <laughs> it was a town car on thirty five. I mean, was it was it an old school Mini Cooper? It's the size of a go kart, or you know, no, I don't know. I, <laughs> was she driving a pickup truck? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Idea. I mean, I don't know. Uh, in my mind, like when I read about that and whatnot, I pictured in my mind something like as big as like a grizzly bear or bigger, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I ever came across a grizzly bear in the wild, uh, uh yeah. Uh, Shoot, if I come across coming a wolf the size of a grizzly bear. Coming across a black bear is terrifying, okay? I could only imagine coming across a grizzly bear. Running up on Cliff with a big happen. red dog. <laughs> I mean, I have, like, theories on what skinwalkers really are, but I don't know if I want to get into that just yet, just because I don't know what all you're going to present. So We should probably, we should probably save that until the end of episode two. Okay. The from the episode hollow two, I got to wait sure. that long. 
<laughs> no, no, no. It, it, de- it depends. It depends on what your thoughts are because there are there's going to be some other stuff that comes up oh, in this episode. Just... Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, fuck me then, Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I wanted to say was again about the size. Like everyone's trying to pass it off as a stray dog or a coyote, but there's coyotes aren't that big, nor is a stray dog. I mean, unless you're talking about like a Newfoundlander, but who's leaving a Newfoundlander as a stray, right? But like, I don't know. This thing's got to be huge, and compared to a coyote or a stray dog, I don't, I don't think that's even an equal comparison. I mean, they do the same. Huge. They do the same thing to people when they see a Bigfoot sighting. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, it was Fair. probably a black bear," and it's just like, "Dude, this thing was twelve feet tall," and they're like, yeah, "It was probably a black bear," you know. So it's the same stuff. Same reaction. Yeah. Same, 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 but different. But, yeah. but there was multiple people, like the whole family saw this thing. Yep. You know, that's what makes it more, and they all have the same story. They all describe it exactly the same, yeah. which makes it even more, you know, um, authentic, you know. So, um, quick, quick side note. If anybody, you know, if you guys are listening to this or the, the host here, are like you know what this is sounds like a pretty cool little topic. There's actually a um, uh, a Hollywood movie made just called Skinwalker Ranch. Not bad, really not. I actually really enjoyed the movie, um, and they do dive into all of this strange stuff. The wolf is in there, uh, UFOs, uh, ghost kids. It's all in there, um, but it doesn't necessarily follow the the story that's actually outlined in history it's just it's a hollywood production but it's good i i actually really enjoyed the movie throwing it out there put it on your watch list uh i recommend it ready to roll yes all right the next strange experience happened again to terry but terry wasn't alone this time either he was with his son and his nephew as they witnessed what looked like the headlights of an RV parked in the distance as they walked towards the lights to ask whoever it was to please move off of the Sherman property. The lights began to back up at a pace that seemed to mimic the speed of their forward progression. This left Terry thinking that whoever it was, they were watching them with binoculars and reversing to stay a certain distance away. So the men began to run at what they thought were headlights of an RV. It was at this moment, that Terry and the boys witnessed the lights lift off of the ground and land a short distance behind where it was previously at. Terry thought that it couldn't be real and began sprinting at the RV. This time, the object lifted completely off the ground and flew backwards over the top of some olive trees to its rear. Terry and the boys got their first really good glimpse of what the object looked like. And after the event, Terry would go on to describe the object as looking like a very large refrigerator with one white light in the front and a red beacon in the back. All of the boys also described it as completely silent and specifically told how there were no braking engine sounds or noises caused by the weight of the object on the ground. This event would keep Terry's nephew from ever returning to the ranch again. And just like the wolf-like creature, this flying refrigerator would return. The second time it was spotted, Terry and his wife were out walking the property when both of them turned around in reaction to a loud metallic scraping sound and once again saw the headlights in the distance. 
Terry and Gwen began a methodical test by walking slowly in spurts towards the lights. And every time they began their progress, the lights would lift off of the ground and land a short distance away. Even though the couple were playing a modest game of cat and mouse with this unknown object. Terry began to get quite upset at the thought that someone was playing games with him on his own property. This led to him yelling, who the hell do they think they are? Just as Terry yelled this in the direction of the lights, the strange metallic sound alarmed from behind them, and the couple turned around. There was nothing there, and when they turned back towards the lights, it left. One thing to note after these stories of a large flying refrigerator-shaped craft, in this time frame, a now declassified aircraft known as the Tacit Blue from the company Northrop Grumman was supposedly being tested at the relatively closed secret military facility in Nevada, known famously as Area 51. The Tacit Blue was commonly described as looking like a fly- giant flying refrigerator, but of course, this was a plane and would not be able to conduct such maneuvers that a helicopter would be better fit to do. So, I know I've got two naval aviation airedales here right yourself included three three (laughs) airedales here what do we think guys i don't know it seems to me that if they were testing a top secret aircraft the area 51 uh and they're trying to keep it secret by testing it at area 51 they wouldn't be just randomly flying around this branch in utah you know uh I don't know that that just seems uh, not the way to go to keep it a secret, <laughs> mm. you know. True. What about a cargo bob? A that cargo type bob, sort eh? of helicopter is very square shaped because it's made to lift up shipping containers. I mean, maybe, maybe, but also how quiet? Very is it? loud, though. Yeah. Well, no, they're very loud, but very. I mean, we've seen from other episodes that we've done that involved what we suspected to be military aircraft that oftentimes they were in the locations that they were in. We suspected to gauge the reaction of the people and stuff. Um, Maybe this could be along the lines of that. Maybe, you know, it just appeared to be square shaped or refrigerator shaped in the darkness with the silhouette behind it um, because of the angles and edges and stuff. Maybe they're full of crap. I don't don't know. You know, Um, I would assume that something more box shaped would be very less than aerodynamic. Um, So I can't imagine that it would, unless the, unless the objective was for anti-radar, which, you know, that's why we have jets these days that have all kinds of crazy angles on them is to deflect radar and all sorts of stuff, right? But in the time frame, I don't know how big of a deal that was or how much that was being researched and stuff. So, I don't know, chalk it up to who knows what, I guess. This was in the 90s? Yes. This happened? Mm-hmm. Sometime I mean, after 94. I mean, we had we had aircraft that you know, like the the F one seventeen and whatnot, uh, that had a lot of sharp angles and whatnot to disperse uh, mm-hmm. radar. You know, back then we knew about that. 
but something shaped like a fridge seems like it would go against that uh you know concept <laughs> yeah you know i don't know i agree um and with the way the movements of this thing was described and and how often they saw it and how it interacted with them uh it would lead me to believe that it wasn't a military aircraft you know so um, i don't want to like force a connection for anybody here force uh, it but there was there was something that really stuck out to me uh that will come up a little bit later but this sounded a lot like injured cold's craft just saying i don't know what i find interesting and a little odd though is that there's a mix between technological you know like anomalies or sightings of things and also what seem to be some sort of cryptid beings as well so it's very like it's i i I think you already know where my mind is going to go with this but like (laughs) i'm definitely thinking that it's not what everybody thinks really yeah i'm kind of interested what do you think you want to hear it now no Okay, well, we can wait. <laughs> I would like a Jeff. little more time. I would like a little more time to develop this theory as we're going along here. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely leaning in a very like this is not what people think. Uh, well, I mean, back then, I mean, what would people think seeing something like that? You know, you know, I mean, nowadays with uh, everything we have, everything that we take for granted, that is just a normal everyday part of life i mean back then in the 90s uh seeing things like this was not not common i mean even like science fiction shows and stuff like that movies uh didn't have necessarily things like this so the thing that they're describing seeing i don't know uh i'm not trying to say what it is or isn't but um i think it's hard to say that anyone really had an idea of what it was. It was just literally an anomaly that was happening that they realized was kind of interacting with them in a, in some way. And they were trying to uh, figure out, you know, to what extent it would interact with them. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just wild to me. Uh, I mean, I knew a little bit about uh, Skinwalker Ranch before I watched a bunch of shows and stuff about it. And just hearing, you know, the wild stories and stuff that happened there, it's just incredibly fascinating. You know, it's just, it's just wild. You know, it's just a hot spot for crazy shit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really cool. And we won't really dive into it too much tonight. I don't know if we'll dive too much into it in the next episode either. So I think it's a safe topic to talk about is that these modern guys seem to have somewhat of a very vague idea of how to get it to respond whatever it is behind this there are certain triggers that they seem to have narrowed down uh that gets something rolling and i mean if you watch the skinwalker ranch show on the history channel you see things such as like a cow die you see things in the sky you see things uh disappear you see an attack on like some llamas or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, 
like they had they they put some like uh, llamas or something in a in a caged fence or a fenced in area with with like a uh, like a platform uh, observation platform mm-hmm. inside the caged area and these things got fucking attacked by something. Uh, this isn't some like dramatization or something like that. This is like actual happen. Or, I... that, or they shot this damn llama in the neck and made it bleed. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you were describing that, and all I could see was the scene of in uh, Jurassic World, <laughs> Jurassic where Park. he's with nope. the Velociraptors. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, where they're uh... lo- where they're lowering it in. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, was... something that I stuck to with this, though, was um, they said it was silent. They couldn't hear it. And I don't know what these planes are that you guys were talking about, the tacit blue or the cargo bob. So I Googled it. So I knew what the heck I was looking at. And I I don't know if they're silent. These things are these these aircrafts are huge. They're yeah, that's the, massive. That's and the like, if if these yeah. if they're claiming that they're silent, I don't these. I don't know. Those look very mechanical and very loud. Technology like me. that. Is, so like, yeah, there, there's always stuff that's being declassified, right? And we can point and say, oh, look, this was declassified right around the same time, same close area. Like maybe this is it, right? It's a similar description. This refrigerator. But if there's something with the technology, high enough level of technology where it's completely silent, it could do those, those kinds of maneuvers, that shit ain't getting declassified. So they may have declassified the whatever it was, the fridge plane, right? But the they're not going to tell you about the the secret well, square saucer thing. That they I don't have, know. I thought know? Of, I personally thought about like electric cars. There's... I don't know about for you guys, but in Vancouver area where I am, there everybody's got a Tesla, and you can still hear the Teslas. You can still mm-hmm. hear the electricity running through it. So, electrical or or not, you're, I I feel like you'd still hear something. And and exactly as you were saying, you're right. They're not going to declassify something like that. But my argument is, who's to say we know about it? <laughs> yeah. When did well, Bob Lazar say that he was in? Uh, he was dealing with like element 115 and stuff like that because if we're if that was that was like the 80s and 90s i thought because yeah, if we're continuing 80s. with this idea that you know the government's you know whatever government it is is actually a huge proponent in like this whole uap phenomenon then they would have had to have been testing this crap at some point in which case you know who cares what the shape of they could have put it in a shipping container or a refrigerator and just been like, let's see if we can make this thing maneuver, you know, and not have to worry about wind resistance or anything, you know? So that who knows? Like something straight out of the movie flubber. <laughs> Shoot. Why not? Right. <laughs> Love it. Where they yeah, get the idea. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's my, my exact point is that they were, they may have been testing something else. Right. And they not being the government, but being corporations, you know, it's so it's ne- it's never going to be declassified and given to the public. It's just not. It's a private. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Is this making sense? Yeah. Like there are private yeah. entities. They have private inventions and shit that they're testing. Like, don't even expect to get some declassified because it's not a FOIA request private, if it's a private sector. industry. Right. Well, yeah. I mean. The like I was talking about the F one seventeen earlier. That was an aircraft that was known to have been tested at Area fifty one, if I remember correctly, and then it was you know it came to service in the Air Force, and at that point it was you know 
somewhat declassified, you know, not all its inner workings and whatnot and how it dispersed radar and all that wasn't, but, you know, at the time that was a, a t- test aircraft. If I'm not mistaken, I, I might be, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. It was, it was an aircraft that was tested at area 51 and people were seeing, you know, this arrow shaped craft flying around the time they were testing there. And then it comes, turns out it was the F-117 you know, when it was still in development. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it may be, you know, 20 or 30 years from now that we find out about some stuff happening that happened in, you know, the 90s or whatever. But I don't know. The thing with me with, uh, you know, with all the technology we have with aircraft and whatnot, uh, sure, we have the ability to make things quieter, but you can't silence physics, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the cargo bob, you know, helicopters are crazy loud you right know? Yeah. and it's, it's not even the engines it's just the rotors yeah rotors themselves beating chopping the air into yep. the mission that shit is incredibly loud the loudest part of a a, a jet <laughs> aircraft is i wouldn't even say is the engine itself it's it's it freaking just like tearing through the air you know it's uh you you can't silence that um, it doesn't matter how loud my tv is you always hear the helicopters always yeah, hear the helicopters yeah, yeah. so that's yeah that was my thing with especially the cargo bob just just the rotors alone like all right well, well a cargo bob without rotors my... because it's got element 115 if i can hear yeah. an average helicopter go over my house while my tv is blaring i got music blasted whatever like and well, i can still hear the helicopter i can only imagine this was not a conventional uh, <laughs> no 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 but like what? that that's just the comparison i'm trying to make though like these things are loud period yeah. right are you guys so... ready to move on yet no it was the car from harry potter all right that's what it was <laughs> that thing was jake just like solved it all jake just solved it all okay uh, over. I, I got another angle for this i want to bring up because it's actually something that has come up in the news recently uh you know it was a couple a year or two ago the navy released those uh uh, uh flur video of the we talked about it we did an episode on it right the uh, flir go fast and gimbal yeah yeah, yeah. uh w- we talked about that and the government just recently this past week has come out and said like officially said that this kind of phenomenon is happening at a increasingly you know uh at a, in a at an increasing rate uh sure and it it's, it's getting to a point where uh you know they're not sure whether they should consider consider this a threat or not you know um that there's they're seeing it so often so i mean maybe yeah. this what these things happening at skinwalker ranch maybe that could have been you know when these types of things start happening i don't know um, project blue could, beam Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you, know, uh... <laughs> you don't think but... it, it's it's real jeremy what is this well project bluebeam uh, yeah. dude every every day that goes by it, it looks more and more real okay <laughs> every fucking day <laughs> and i agree when did the conditioning start probably the same time like injured coal and kecksburg was 40 happening <laughs> what, what year did uh roswell happen 46 47 42 40 something mm. that's when it started Probably started was, before. Uh, I don't know if Roswell had anything. Anyway, we'll, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. 
Okay. Fine. Everyone, shut up for a little bit. We got to talk about another craft that we can talk about. For How many pages? We got seventy-five pages left. Everybody, <laughs> we're on six of thirteen. Oh Holy my gosh! Wait, now we're, we're on seven of thirteen. Day. We're on seven. Seven. Oh, Is it? All right, yeah. Everybody, shut up. Let them read. <laughs> another. This one's called another mysterious craft. Ooh. <laughs> After the wolf-like creature and the mysterious craft, Terry Sherman began thinking there may be more to everything that has been going on. He started thinking outside of the box. And one thing that he often found himself thinking about was that there was some form of testing being done inside the basin. He began to think that the only way that there could be a craft or a creature with such characteristics, Jeff is going to love this, was if there was some sort of black budget government entity that was conducting secret craft and gene editing in areas around the property. This was pretty much summed up when one winter day he witnessed a craft hovering over the snow just a few yards away that reminded him of a B-2 bomber. With the B-2 being declassified a few years prior, Terry found it incredible that one would be hovering just over his property in the open like it was. Yet another incredible detail is that it was completely silent, just like the large rectangle-shaped craft was a short while back. The B-2 is not a hovering aircraft. There are very few hovering non-helicopter aircraft, one of which is the Harrier vertical short takeoff and landing aircraft used by both the Royal Air Force and the U.S. Marine Corps. If you have ever been around one, you will know one thing. These are far from silent. The technology for such an aircraft was not available at this time, nor is it available now. As Miss Sherman continued to watch the craft slowly hover over his land, as Mr. Sherman, sorry, he noticed that there was an array of colors emanating from the bottom of the craft like a searchlight. As the craft continued along its way, Terry sat and watched. He came to call the display of lights disco lights and just watched. Terry watched as the craft passed by his side and as he craned his neck to follow the path of the craft, he made a very loud pop from his neck bones. As if there were reacting to the subtle sound of someone's neck cracking, the craft suddenly stopped and turned off all of its lights. A few seconds later, it slowly hovered away. Like with the previous strange subjects, Gwen Sherman would also have her own encounter with this mysterious craft shortly after her husband's. Her encounter involved her driving home and being followed by a large black craft hovering over her position. The quote-unquote disco lights were illuminating her car, so she pushed the pedal to the floor and raced home in an attempt to lose her pursuer. As she came near the end of her driveway, she slammed on the brakes and put the car in park. To her relief, the car continued, or the craft continued right over her position and continued out of view over the ridgeline. These small craft with multicolored beams being projected on land are very similar to the chupas of South America. More on these in a future episode, though. Just an hour later, Gwen noticed that what looked like an RV parked on the property. She was rightfully getting very upset at all the events happening, and this was no different. As she stared at the vehicle, she noticed that the interior was illuminated and a desk was stationed in the middle of the inside. By the way, uh, some sources claim that she was looking through binoculars, by the way. During this time, a man seemed to come into view inside the RV-like automobile and took a seat at the desk. Gwen described the man as wearing a black helmet and all black. 
or a helmet in all black. To her disbelief, the man seemed to notice that she was watching him and stood up from the desk. This allowed Miss Sherman to notice that the man was wearing a large visor over his face and boots that came up to almost his knees. She believed that the person was abnormally tall, but it was hard to be sure from so far away. Her best guess was that the man stood around seven feet. Gwen slammed her curtains shut, raced into the other room to call Terry, who was out of town on business. She told him everything that had happened that day and that she did not feel safe alone that night. Terry raced home, and by the time he pulled up, there was nothing there. Terry believes that what his wife saw that night was the same thing that they had witnessed before when they were chasing headlights from a large rectangular hovering silent craft that originally reminded him of an RV. I don't know about you guys, but when I when I hear this stuff, like I first listened to it and even now listening to it, it gives me like super like goosebump vibes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's just weird. It's like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like something the way they, they describe it in detail and something like someone could easily make up, you know, uh, it definitely and... gives some R.L. Stein vibes for sure. <laughs> I didn't mean necessarily R.L. Stein songs, but like, you know, that's old, like, like the hair, the hair on the back of your neck, stand up, you know, kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. All right, me... I got it. Okay. okay. So tier three B, if you looked at it from the top, right, it looked like this, you'd see the triangle shape. If you looked at it from the front, it would look like that. If you looked at it head on, then you'd see the lights on the bottom. What if this was a tier three B and they've just been testing it for fifty years or something? Jeff, that was a tier thirty years. Oh, bless you! Haven't been <clears throat> been back long enough. Because that would look like you gotta catch all you up, saw man. was this square shape, but you were actually looking <laughs> him, at triangle shaped objects from the dead front. Yeah, I mean, no, you're not wrong, right? So I can definitely see that. But there's actually other patents of other. Um, you know, like, I forget what the technical term that they use for them. It's not like zero gravity, but it's some crazy term that they use for these craft. But there's a bunch of them, and some of them are kind of square-shaped and cube-shaped. And, you know, there, there's a, a bunch of different shapes. The TR-3B is just, like, the easiest one to recognize. And, you know, it's, like, the most famous one, I guess. But, yeah, definitely. Honestly, I mean, if you are you guys familiar with crypto-terrestrials? Uh, no. crypto terrestrials. No, what? Is this another money-making okay. scam? Yeah, man. <laughs> another pyramid um, scheme. <laughs> so the, the idea is, and there's like there's like various theories on crypto terrestrials, but my understanding and, and what my idea of it is, is that there's us in the future, far off in the future, there's like a genetic issue, right? We do too much genetic CRISPR shit and the genome is just messed. So us in the future come back in time to harvest DNA and all kinds of other things from select individuals, of course, blah, blah, blah. But those are the beings that most people are seeing when they're seeing UFOs. If they're not like, you know, uh, Lockheed Martin's stuff or whatever, but you know, like mm -hmm. a lot of them are these crypto terrestrials that are kind of stuck here in this part of the timeline. Uh, you know. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the future human time travel theory thing. Yeah, yeah but dude. they also, there's people who also tomorrow war yeah. equate that with no, a lot no, of cryptids no, as well, God. where they say that these crypto terrestrials have the ability to manipulate what we see uh, and what we perceive so that they're making it seem like we're seeing a Bigfoot or we're seeing a skinwalker. But in reality, it's not what we're, what is actually there. It's just our manipulated perception of it. Dude, 
I, it's funny you you said that word crypto terrestrial and i've never heard it uh googling it uh it's funny how many books that pop up under my personal google stuff uh google's always listening right um mm-hmm. and i i've definitely heard of this i just haven't heard of the term crypto terrestrial i don't really like the idea that they're what is uh being seen or what is you know being portrayed in your eyes as like a bigfoot or a skinwalker or, or the such but um i have to give props to jake and then I, I didn't think of the the tr3b i i would be lying to you if i said at some point i didn't think of the tr3b but the the perfectly uh drawn artistic mm. talent yes that he Picasso. just portrayed. Oh man, it is fantastic. Anybody check eBay, uh, th- get it while you can before it's in the millions. Um, he did a great Michelangelo job. Michelangelo original. Let's, Plus, let's... I, I've seen, I've seen, um, you know, like, uh, was it three D images or whatever, like um, computer generated images, whatever of the TR three B. What people would think that it would look like, mm-hmm. and some of them have what looks like a blue ball on the bottom for like the anti-gravity device and stuff and let's just say that's coming from some sort of a a source that knows something or another right if i saw that and i saw the lights at the bottom and that was it i would think that looked like a disco ball Hmm. dude i'm telling you man that's that's a good a good observation jake because appreciate that i mean i could see it i could totally see both of these craft being the tr3b uh, or, or the TR3A or whatever, or yeah. the TR2. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, dude, good call. I like it. But I'm curious as to how you're going to tie that into this next one. Well, the next one is is bullcrap, but this is the truth. Are you are you Shut are you mouth, Jake? Are you reading along again, Jake? I'm not reading along. I'm just telling you that it's okay, if it am. if it breaks away from my theory, it's because it's made up. <laughs> it's in his shield contract. Along I'm, in, with that, that I'm incredibly humble about my theory too. So just so you know. All right, we ready? Ready to roll? Yeah. All right. Cattle mutilations. Bullshit. Um, yep. <laughs> in April of 1995, Terry and his son were attempting to gather the cattle on an oversaturated range. The area of the Uinta Basin had just experienced five days in a row of steady rainfall and the land was muddy, wet, and treacherous for both Maine and bovine. Two particular members of the herd were making it difficult for Terry and his son. One was a calf who was wandering on its own and the other was a full-grown cow that was finding it particularly hard to climb up out of a ravine and up the steep embankment in the mud. Terry decided that they would focus on the calf before the cow, but when they finally were able to to turn their full attention to the cow, it was laying on its side in the shallow ravine, dead. The animal they just saw only 20 minutes ago was now dead and missing its anus, genitals, most of its internal organs, and tongue, with absolutely no blood left in, on, or around the body. Keller and Knapp said this about the scene, quote, the cut was flawless. It looked as if a six-inch diameter, perfectly circular saw with a sucking device had jammed into the heifer's rear end and effortlessly sucked out the entire insides of the animal without any loss of blood. 
After this event, the two Sherman men looked for treks, blood flowing away from the body in the ravine, or any signs at all about what may have happened to this prized animal. They found nothing. This, unfortunately, was a common thing to happen in the Uinta Basin, with documentation since the 60s, and would not be the last time cattle would be found mutilated on Skinwalker Ranch. And I'm going to send it to the big head, Jake. So it's anus was missing, huh? Yes. I knew that that was going to be the first thing he talked about. I just had a feeling. Just had a feeling. The anus (laughs) and the genitals. (laughs) Most of its internal organs. Hmm. Yeah. Which ones were left behind? I feel this is a very important question. I have no fucking clue. No. Sounds like collecting DNA to me. Mm-hmm. You don't need you don't need the anus for DNA. You need the anus for maybe there's something we don't know, man. Maybe in a hundred years we discover that hey, man, you want the best DNA? Just maybe they right want out right maybe the they wanted the shittiest part of the DNA. <laughs> maybe, dude. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe the the crypto terrestrials, since they're coming back to look for DNA because they our DNA is fucked up in the in the future. Maybe where our DNA is so fucked up is our buttholes are covered by a flap of skin and they need the anus DNA to be able to grow better buttholes. Maybe they were listening to uh, Limp Biscuits Chocolate Starfish and Hot <laughs> Water album. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're going to give me some of these uh, cow chocolate starfish. Let's <laughs> get who knows? Maybe it's a delicacy back uh, in the future. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. maybe I mean, the... we, we eat testicles. Uh, yeah, yeah so... that's true. We, you, you're throwing I, I that we word around <laughs> real loosely. <laughs> we all collect cow anus. All of us. The, 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 the human species. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is you, you sit there and you just break it down that, that they removed the organs and the anus. <laughs> All right, look, that's separate. Keep look, just separate. take take your head away from the butthole for a second, <laughs> and just think about like okay, so they took the, in, the the intestines and they took the organs. So whoever collected these was just making sausage. Like that's that's it. That's the whole wrap it's, of it. It's, like it's already linked. Take the whole anus and intestine. Like, was oh, like were the were the cowboys? Were the cowboys that that decimated the buffalo population in the United States? Were they also aliens because they stripped them of their skin and left everything else and stuff? Like, I mean, mutilation has been happening for forever. It's like yeah, but they it, did they do it in a matter of twenty minutes? Was it twenty minutes? I, that's or was he embarrassed that he let let one of his cows just run off? I mean, it's been raining, it's all muddy and stuff. There's no blood in it. It's like, well, it could have been bleeding out for a while, and it, the rain just washed it away. You know how but how what? much how much water that's has to mix blood, with blood though. to to thin it out enough to where you can't really you know tell or mud. It's just strange the the whole cattle uh, cattle mutilation thing just from any you know UFOs or whatever. Like that's it's, it's a very strange thing to me. You know, because it's like, why cattle? Why is it always cattle? And sure, there's other things, but it's like it always seems like the cattle are getting mutilated. Like, why? 
Why well, I mean, an annoying ass neighbor? Like, why can't to. they mutilate the annoying neighbor or something? <laughs> it happens to horses and deer and and other you know things. Always not as bad, right? Like <laughs> always takes the butthole, yeah. Cattle yeah. mutilation yeah, it, is like it, it's synonymous with UFOs, right? I mean, it's even in video games, right? If you play like destroy all humans, like cattle mutilation is like a big part of the game. It's it's just, my wife's playing that. She steals up. all the cow buttholes. Such a good game. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I think it's because if you're gonna do a hoax like that, like you can't go around killing people. Like you get less less penalties if you kill animals versus people. So unless the thing the thing about cattle mutilation is that it happens across the world. Okay, it's not just an American thing. It's not a one state. It's not a one county, one town thing. It happens everywhere. Okay, and And it still happens. And it's not like yeah, it still happens, and it's not like. Um, what are those fucking things? Crop crop circles. Crop circles. Thank you. It's not like <laughs> crop circles. That's literally what I was talking about. Thank you. Um, it's not like crop circles where someone comes forward and says, "I did this," and then they can go out there and prove that they did it. Right? You have you have doctors, surgeons that are tr- that they try to create the same cuts. Uh, butchers try to create the same cuts, and they they have documentation of the way a coyote will tear the skin before mm-hmm. it gets into its guts. And, uh, you know, the, nobody removes a butthole perfectly like the cattle mutilators, whoever they are, do it. Maybe the doctors just suck at their jobs. I mean, shoot, we had a Navy doctor botch my wife's knee surgery. So what do they know? Well, let's not Navy call them doctors. doctors. They're not. They're not. <laughs> we had some med student botch my wife's knee surgery so i mean I we don't know student, you know if there is some sort of extraterrestrials or interdimensionals or hollow earth beings whatever they are like that are flying around and, and doing these mutilations like we don't know shit about them right like for all we know like they eat the cow anus yeah like that could be their primary source of of food i mean we don't I know i mean it sounds see, ridiculous like Jeremy said. They eat it with their pinkies at the start. Pinkies up. (laughs) Like calamari. Yeah, but, you know, like real talk, like maybe, I don't know, like I'm just throwing it out there. Like it could be like a a fucking enzyme in there or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like who knows? Great. Yeah. I don't know. Organ meat is great for you. Well, it could be ease of access and how easy it is to catch, you know, or. Maybe it's easy to get them from behind. You know. Here's my theory about cattle mutilation in general okay um almost every farm is either growing something or has got cattle so it a lot of cattle around obviously they're gonna go to where the food is most plentiful so it just so happens to be within this one area that the cows keep getting mutilated in there's a lot of cows everywhere, guys. Like that, so, that's what I'm thinking. Is we're just seeing the cows because there's more cow cattle farms than there are goat farms. There's more or sheep farms or deer farms or whatever, right? And cows are just the easiest animal to pick on. Well, there so, are sheep and 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 goats and chickens and all kinds of stuff that get mutilated too. But oh, yeah. compared to cows, cows have huge anuses in comparison. <laughs> So I mean, 
Have you ever seen a cow anus? No, I don't want to. Thank you, though. Cow anus. Like that. I've I've seen what comes out of the ass. Okay, I don't need to see the ass, too. (laughs) All right, I think it's about time to go on to the next section. Yeah, I think Bro, you want to see an anus? <laughs> no, no, let's no. just stop. It's not no. that kind of show. This is a family friendly show. PG I'm doing my best 13, here. People. Nah, we, we've graduated. Anyways, the politics about cow anuses. Cow anuses are fine. I don't care. Perfectly fine with cow anuses. There was some guy on the news a couple weeks ago um, being <laughs> interviewed about. Cowinesses, yes. Honestly, we should have him on on the show because he's documented cattle or livestock mutilations for like the last sixty years. Get on it, Jake. Yeah, yeah get on really it. Interesting. Call him, dude. What are you waiting on? Up to this. Yeah, don't tell us. Kind of up. <laughs> Hour Little twenty minutes, talk, and we've got more animals. action. Either way, I will do an episode on cattle mutilations. I'll put it at the end of the list because I've got six episodes on. Uh, ready to go, um, well, not ready to go, but ready to research at least. Um, and I, I, I'll, 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 uh, I'll do some good stuff on there because I've got my theories too. Let's move on. I think we're gonna like this one. Terry Sherman's claims all seem a little outside the box of normality, but none even hold a candle to the orange smudge. The orange smudge in the sky, that is that appears every night over a specific set of trees on the Sherman Ranch. When the Shermans witnessed the orange smudge for the first time, they thought it was simply another case of something unknown on their property and that it would fade away like all the others, possibly appearing in another location sometime in the future. But when the smudge began to appear regularly, night after night, Terry became curious. His plan was to investigate it with his rifle scope, and what he claimed to have seen blew his mind. It seemed that through the cloud of orange, he could see another sky in bits and pieces. One that did not match the sky over his own head. Clouds and shades of light blue were visible between the holes in the smudge. Terry's discovery led him to believe that he may have found the answer to all of the strangeness that has taken place on his ranch. He was looking at a gateway to a parallel world. A few days later, Terry saw what may be the best evidence to his theory. A triangular craft was coming through the orange smudge. But when Terry shifted his position a few feet to get a better look, it disappeared. And when he returned to his original position, it reappeared. Terry believed that this was the answer to all of the strangeness. The creatures, craft, and other anomalies were literally from another world. As a side note to the credibility of this orange smudge, these have been recorded in other areas of the world on occasion. In January of 2014, a Wisconsin farmer by the name of Leroy Smith claimed to have seen what he describes as an orange vortex-like structure growing over the ridgeline near his house. 
as the light made frequent appearances throughout many years after the initial experience in 2014, Leroy found it seemed to appear more frequently in cold and snowy weather and can only be seen from one angle on his property. When seen from the sides, the orange vortex would disappear from sight. Leroy was not afraid of the vortex, but rather what came from it. On multiple occasions, Leroy claimed to have witnessed bipedal, hairy-covered, dog-like creatures coming out of the vortex before running away in what seemed like as fast as they could. Before the incidents with the cattle who died by mysterious means, the Sherman's cattle had suffered in different in a different way that Terry believed was tied to these orange gateways. One of Terry's prized registered Angus cows was missing during a snowstorm. Terry spent about 24 hours searching for it before he came across a trackway near a dense group of trees in the far corner of his property. Terry was relieved as he believed that this meant he was only a short way away from finding the cow. But to his surprise... The trackways turned from a steady stride to a quick run almost instantly. The prized animal's trackway took it through bushes and rough patches of earth before the trackway just simply ended, as if something lifted the animal off of the ground mid-stride. This confused Terry, as there isn't anything that he knows of that can lift a thousand-pound animal off the ground and fly away. Terry came to the conclusion that the animal must have made its way into one of the strange orange smudges and simply disappeared. The Shermans never saw their prized Angus again. It would happen another four times throughout their time on the ranch. A triangular-shaped object, you don't say. <laughs> but it wasn't so, a spacecraft. I, I actually... <clears throat> With that, I specifically picked up on when he moved positions and it disappeared. Mm-hmm. What went through my head is, what if this thing was mirrored? And when he moved his position, he was getting the reflection of whatever from around it, behind it, whatever mm. the case may be. And then when he put himself back in his original Ooh. position, he just was at the right angle and could see the actual shape of the craft beyond the mirrors. Like a cloak? Kind of. Like a cloaking or a mirroring type idea? Mm. Maybe. That's what went through my head there. Jeez. That's awesome. Sounds like uh, what I said earlier. Mind manipulation, man. Perception manipulation. Yeah. Some high-tech shit. Stargates, right, Jeff? Yes. Not even close, but... (laughs) Oh, yeah, we all know. We know what you're talking about. Somebody out there is like, yeah, man. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, bro. And whoever that is that's thinking that right now, I got you. All right? Interdimensionals. Dogmen or interdimensionals? That's the other thing that went through my head was Dogman. Dogman is piloting the triangular spacecraft. (laughs) There you go. What? Now we're solving all sorts of mysteries today. Uh, listen, Jeremy, you can't laugh at me. You don't know. in general or interdimensional <laughs> since the beginning of this, right? And mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, my not my idea of crypto terrestrials, but like the idea of crypto terrestrials, it just makes sense to me. Maybe they're not like time traveling. Uh, I don't know, but like the fact that there's just some advanced uh, beings that live here, 
that are doing some crazy shit. They got crazy craft. They got mind manipulating, mind control you so you can see what they want you to see. Like, that's all it sounds like to me. It sounds like they're just being tested on or played with or visited and they're just getting, they have like weird memories of visitations because of men in black style memory erasing or something. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, to me, the fact that, you know, it, it's not visible from, you know, when you try to look at it from the side, it just makes me feel like it's just like, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like a slice of like, it's just a razor thin, um, you know, opening in the sky. And, you know, when you look at it from the side, because it's so, it's, it's a, it's a rift in time, you know, I don't know. It's not like it's a, um, I don't know what we see in movies as an opening in into another dimension or whatever, where it's like a cloud or something like that. Who who knows what it would actually look like? Maybe it looks like this, you know. I don't know, or maybe it's it's it disappears from view by design. You know, uh, if someone's coming in from another dimension, uh, they don't want it to be visible from all angles necessarily. You know, um, I don't know. Okay. It's pretty wild, though. I'm glad you, you got you got to that because that when I read about that, I was just like <sighs> mind blown. Like, like this this is some crazy ass shit. <laughs> like, I'm talking the about the orange smudge, on? and I'm just like, oh great, they saw the sunset, and they're like, <gasps> <gasps> yeah. then you went deeper into it, and I was like, oh, okay, I see. That sounds exactly like what a shill would say. That is a shill hat, dude. <laughs> I'm not wearing my hat today, which means I am not a shill. But you're wearing mm. a stash. You're still you are wearing the shill stash. Mm. I like it. Leave it. This is why I don't grow up the stash. I like Everyone it too. Knows. You look good like a snitch. I mean a shill. I mean, uh, <laughs> snitch. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about smudges. your unregistered firearms. <laughs> <laughs> you, you. You look like Michael Sarah in that movie where uh, he had like two alter egos, and one of them he's like a total asshole. Uh, I don't well, just Michael Sarah in general, or it yeah. rings a bell. He just said he, he, has, like, he has like a he has like, like a Michael fucking dirt stash when he's a dead dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're, you're saying this I, is I, the end. I have to. Yeah. I have to, yeah. I was just thinking about that the other day when he gets smacked in the face by uh, Rihanna, <laughs> just just belted. And he's like, I had someone tell me that it looked like Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take. It. I didn't mean for it to come it, out right? like that exactly, but you know, it is what it is. Oh, good, good stuff. Good, friend. good stuff. I'll take good it. Stuff. All right, move, moving on. <laughs> it's perfect time to move on. Orbs. Yet another strange entity would make its appearance one night while the Shermans were out tending to their cattle. Both Terry and Gwen were swept by a strange feeling that they were being watched as they focused their attention on their horses who were grazing under a nearby tree. They noticed that there was a perfectly round blue glowing ball hovering over the same tree. The orb as it would become known by, seemed to be a smooth crystalline object with light originating from within it. They watched as the orb lowered itself to the horses below. 
is seen to favor one particular horse and acted as if it were studying the animal. Terry was confused and started to think about what he could do if the object began doing anything harmful to the horse. Before Terry could take a step in that direction, the orb floated back up about 20 feet and started floating in the Sherman's direction before stopping just above their heads. Both Terry and Gwen described the feeling of being watched and studied before the feeling of fear flooded their emotions. From their point of view, they were able to study the object and noted that it was about the size of a softball and was filled with what they described as swirling blue fluid. As it floated above their heads, they noticed that the object was creating a crackling sound that Terry described as sounding like static electricity. As Gwen felt her fear growing, she raised her hand and turned on her flashlight to shine at the orb. But before she could place the beam of light from her flashlight on the object, it took off quickly for the top of the tree line before quickly disappearing over the horizon. About two hours after this encounter with the orb, the Shermans were back inside of their house when they saw a blue light illuminate their window. The orb was back, and this time it seemed to be floating around their house and stopping in front of various windows. Terry headed out the front door and watched as the orb quickly floated away and out of view. This would be the last time they saw the orb on that night, but it would be back. I don't put a lot of weight into orbs. No? No. Same. Maybe after this next uh, <clears throat> this next bit, you will? Probably not. <laughs> Which orbs are you uh, do you not believe in? Because there's like all kinds of different orbs and just orbs in general, you know. Just anytime someone says anything about an orb, as whether it's like spirit orbs or ball lightning or alien orbs or blue orbs in the woods, I just think it's all baloney. We should go take a trip to Marfa. To what? I think it's Marfa, M A R F A, Texas. I thought you had a speech impediment there for a second. Look up, <laughs> look up the Marfa lights. I want to say, yeah, Marfa, M-A-R-F-A. These are, uh, these lights happen so often that they actually built an observation deck for you to watch them from. Sounds like swamp gas. Yep. I don't know. Not many swamps in the deserts of Marfa. Marfa lights. Desert gas. Hmm. Definitely you're, desert gas. You're a fucking gas ball. Yeah. Hmm. Give me some I mean, look, I mean, this is interesting, honestly, these, these Marfa lights. But, I mean, you know, again, what I was saying and what Wes was saying as well, we don't know what, you know, interdimensional portals and shit look like. You know, we don't know what any of that is, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I still Who's feel to say like... that's not some type of drone even... Right. Well, the Marfa right. lights like, have been the Marfa lights mm-hmm. have been seen for far longer than drones existed. Well, well I'm just saying, like orbs in general. Like, who's to say it's like if if it is an interdimensional thing, they're coming through their rift, and it instead of them physically coming through, they're just sending this little drone through, kind of like it's like their drones caves yeah. or whatever, right? So we send our drone over the over mm. whatever to take pictures of whatever why can't what what would stop them from creating their own version of a 
drone and that is their drone and they're taking pictures and watching us and i mean i feel like that's a go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i like sending a drone in first would be what we would do you know so it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility that another uh technologically advanced you know race whether they're in this universe or a different dimension whatever uh it doesn't seem far-fetched that that's what they would do also Mm. it is us that's what i'm saying dude it's us from the future man because he's right that's exactly what we we would do if we if we found out that there was a habitable planet on the other side of the freaking galaxy right and we just couldn't physically get something there in less than a million years we might develop some way to teleport some form of drone or some something there so that we can get some reading right and that might be what these orbs are so i've i've said multiple times that you know i don't necessarily believe that we're able to uh or anything's really able to travel through space far distances and like light years as the scale um but i mean you definitely can't do it in uh, there you go west you can't do it in a lifetime uh, but you can definitely send a drone to possibly go fast enough to be able to get here. Um, you can't really do it with a body because it'd just be scrambled eggs on the opposite end. But well, not necessarily. I mean, with that logic, if if we can send a drone that far, that fast, we we should be able to send ourselves close to, if not the same speed, you know, somewhere just as far and fast. You know, I think our limitation is what we can send anything as far and fast, you know, that's our main limitation. It isn't necessarily that our bodies can't handle it. It's just that we don't have the technology to even do that yet. All right, let's move on. Unless Jeff, did you have something? Sorry, dude. Nope. All right. Let's move on. Bedtime, bro. Hurry up. I know. Uh, Because this next one's going to probably cause a talking point. Um, and I just want to state for the listeners, um, listener discretion is advised. Not that bad, but pretty bad. On a peaceful evening in April of 1996, Terry Sherman would be outside enjoying the nice weather with his three loyal dogs. Seemingly, out of nowhere, the dogs began to be unruly and upset. They were squealing, barking, pacing, and howling, and Terry could not understand what was upsetting them. Then, a familiar blue light seemed to pop into existence a decent distance away. The orbs had become a common sight to the Shermans at this point, and Terry never really did become comfortable with their seemingly consistent presence on his property. But Terry watched as the orb began floating in his direction before stopping and shifting to the north about a hundred yards away from him and his dogs. The dog seemed really upset, and Terry began to understand that it was this orb that was causing their issues. This was enough for Terry, so he sent his dogs after the orb to try and scare it off. The orb reacted by performing acts that seemed like it was playing with the dogs. It would float down and jump up just as one of the dogs would try to bite. It floated by their tails and seemed to create a game of cat and mouse that Terry didn't realize was heading for the tree line of the nearby woods. Before Terry could realize what the orb was doing, 
it lowered down to a few feet off of the ground and shot off quickly into the woods. Terry's dogs followed in hot pursuit as they left Terry's eyesight for the last time. The Sherman property echoed with the screams and yelps of the family dogs before falling dead silent moments after. Terry couldn't believe what just happened. He dropped into his foldable chair and stared into the tree line, hoping to see his dogs come out. Nearly two hours later, Mr. Sherman stood up, walked back into his house, alone. The next morning, Terry Sherman gathered the strength to look for his dogs. As he entered the woods, he was greeted with a stench of death. Three piles of flesh, fur, bone, and blood sat disheveled on the floor of the woods. His dogs were dead, and this was obvious. But what really bothered Terry Sherman was that they were intelligently led into the woods to be slaughtered. This he was not okay with, and the Shermans had finally had enough with Skinwalker Ranch. Yikes. That would definitely be enough for me, too. 100%. Yep. I'd be very upset if I lost any of my animals. <laughs> I mean, I would have been out of that place when I saw the wolf the first time, personally. But that's just me. This guy's a lot braver than I am. He stuck it out much, much longer. So, <laughs> Jake, Jeff? I don't know. It's just, why would it need to take the dogs into the woods to kill them? It's a it, ball of blue light. It does sort of seem convenient, but maybe there is that scare factor that they're trying to instill. Whatever is behind all of this, maybe they are trying to instill some sort of scare factor into the Shermans. Maybe they are trying to drive them off the property. Or it's it's the whatever creature whatever was handling the drone didn't want to come out of the woods so it used the drone to lure the dogs in and then had its meal and carried I mean, this, on with life this motherfucker's got a 30 out of 6 bro is there any like actual proof of this stuff other than just like you know multiple people having similar stories i'm going to i'm going to point you to the tv show I know that sucks, right? And well, it's... no, I mean, I get it, and I know that stuff happens, right? Like, I'm familiar enough with Skinwalker Ranch to know that enough people experience things to think that something's going on, mm -hmm. right? But also, there's a part of me that's like, okay, well, how much of, of all of the stories, not just the ones that you're talking about here, but how much of those are just made up by people? Or, like, I'm sure a maybe pretty they good believe. chunk of them are. A, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. And maybe even... I mean, it's like most things, right? Most people do believe what they see and stuff like that. Whether they see it or not, you know, they they believe it. The experience mm -hmm. is real for them. So I'm wondering, like, how much of that is going on here? Like, I'm even thinking is like, is there some, you know, random, like, weed that grows in the area that's, like, psychedelic if you breathe in the particles and, like, these people are just tripping balls all the time and they have no Daily. idea? Yeah, you know, like, who knows? Dude, I don't know. I mean, it's a good question, but I would assume that's been looked into. You know, honestly, too, like, to go into what Jeff was saying, you know, with the exception of just a few people having witnessed it, like, I'm curious as to, like, the similarities 
of the experiences between the people. Because just because a bunch of people have the, or say that they had the exact same experience doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. As a matter of fact, fabricated stories often have like uncanny, uncannily similar situations, like multiple people seeing the same thing, but they all say the same thing doesn't necessarily mean that the, the thing was true. It could mean right. that they're all fabricating the same story because people have different, you know, different vantage points. People see different colors. Like you and I could look at the same shade of blue and I could say that's royal blue. And you could say, well, that's more purple because, you know, our perceptions change based off of, based off of individuals. Like, so I wonder, you know, I don't think that's the same as, you know, these people say, saying that they all saw this giant wolf-like creature or whatever, you know, that's, I don't know. When it comes, when it comes to color, everyone does <clears> have, <throat> you know, their own interpretation of what that color is to them, right? And even there's a difference between male and female looking at color, you know, that's, that's a known quantified fact, you know, uh, but when it comes to these things, I don't know, I, I don't necessarily believe that just because they all have the same story means that it, it could, it's more likely to be a fabrication. Uh, Cause more often than not, when people have uh, a story that where they each have their own version of it, I think mo more people believe that to be a lie rather than something that actually happened, you know? Well, I just mean more like um, people notice different things. So if everyone well, had true. the exact same experiences, everyone said we all saw a big giant gray wolf or whatever it was, it would be, you know, someone might say, well, the paws on that thing were gigantic or the ears on it or did you see the teeth or whatever? They're fixated on it, you know, something different than another person. So then together you could have a combined story. But if everyone's saying, I saw this giant wolf, I saw this giant wolf, I saw this giant wolf, and nothing was different amongst all the so, different things. It doesn't necessarily mean that that situation well, actually happened just because their stories so, are similar as well. Hold I'm on, saying. hold on, just just a second, Wes. I'm going to step in here just for a second. Um, so the sources that I used, and I, I left this out just because I thought it was irrelevant, but maybe it's not. Yeah, Jeremy, um, <laughs> we're investigators. Terry's father, Terry's father when the wolf came and Terry was petting the 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 dog wolf thing uh was fascinated with this thing's blue eyes um i put in the description of it in my write-up that it had blue eyes but i mm -hmm. didn't focus on it like terry's father uh reported to anybody i mean until this day or not till this day i mean i'm pretty sure he's dead by now but every time he told this story to anybody it was recorded that he always mentioned the blue eyes and Terry doesn't necessarily even remember the blue eyes. See, this um, is why you gotta you gotta throw this stuff in there. So I'm I here thinking like this you, is you you also have to remember. It. I know, but you you gotta understand that I'm just I'm writing up something that you know is supposed to take you know fuck hour ten hours to <laughs> to go through. I mean, this is a thick book. You know, one of them, and I've I read four, right. three, three. Well, do the does the, do the Shermans have any like? video evidence of any of this stuff or, or pictures or anything like they're, that i mean they're ranchers why would they have they're proof? ranchers experiencing something that's different than any other experience as far as they know why would there not be any video evidence of it i mean because i grew up in the not, 90s that's, that's not there was the cameras in the 90s there was video cameras. no i know i'm not saying that but <laughs> they're ranchers they live off the land 
or or off raising livestock you know they're not they people that are in that are uh work on farms or ranch hands or anything like that don't tend to be the most uh technolo- technologically savvy people right canceled canceled he's saying that ranchers are stupid. I'm, I'm, I'm just i'm saying back then like you he's work like the these land, and then that's, they don't that's what know you, you do that from from sun up to sundown i mean i've been there and done it myself like you don't got time you don't got time for that at the very you know? least cattle mutilations dead dogs some sort of craft on your property i would think that there's criminal trespass going on at the very least oh my god you know what do you it's you're gonna like, go to the, you're gonna go to the local law enforcement and tell them I seen this giant uh uh no, you're gonna take a, through you're gonna sky. take a photograph like, of it or come, a video of it and you're gonna say yeah, this is what that. I thought yeah, but but let, this but, is the this is the have you been paying attention when this when these things happen is they're they're doing these other things on the ranch when it happens they're not it's, just it's, it's it not like modern times where they're everybody not... just has a cell phone and a camera in their pocket right? no i like, grew up in the 90s this, I, i'm aware of how how video it, cameras worked these things were happening often enough that they were like and this was the final straw because these well, orbs kept coming back or we kept what, seeing this orange shimmer what, what i'm like, trying well, to say what i'm trying to say is is uh they're not going to go they're not going to go to oh my god Jake, you are Polaroid. Forget the Polaroid. Go get the go get the rifle, kid. <laughs> There's, they're not. Their first thought is, okay, this thing's attacking a calf. I, let me take a picture of it. No, that's not their first thought. Their first thought when they see this thing isn't, oh my god, it has such big paws. They're probably just like, no, oh shit! I'm talking about the, the events that you know, happen like, over and over and over I, and over well, and over again. Yeah, but what I, what I'm what I was trying to get to was they're out doing other things, and then this these events happened while they're like just randomly. You like they're not sitting around on the front porch waiting for with a freaking giant. You know, my dad's video camera he had back in the '90s was massive. You know, you you fucking hold it on your shoulder. You know, like I'm not gonna be. I don't. I can't imagine this this guy. You know, freaking having this giant video camera just sitting on his front porch waiting for something to happen. Like, you know, do we even know if they had electricity like on on the ranch at the time? Like, come on, like that's a good question. They knew what a refrigerator was. I imagine they had something. Oh my god! I don't know. I also see have been around since like the twenties. Oh jeez. Yeah, and and disposable cameras when I was growing up were this big. You could fit it right in your pocket. Oh my god! And they're they're the worst for it. The worst quality ever. And it would be better than. Oh my god! He said, she said, we saw blue orbs every single day for years. (laughs) <laughs> what, are the, what are they going to tell people? Oh, check out this picture of this this flying fridge I saw. Then no, they're not going to go tell people that. I mean, come on. They told them their name eventually. Oh, uh, eventually, yeah, eventually. Yeah. But back then, what do you think it would have done to their rep- reputation? You know, to say that they're trying to make a living off, you know, livestock and whatnot, and then they're going to start talking about all this crazy shit happening on the ranch. See, this you is be like. I don't want nothing to do with anything you're doing or selling or whatever. This superstitious people are gonna say your cows are now haunted, and if I take that cow home, I'm gonna become haunted. No. <laughs> I mean, 
the best the best cow buttholes around, like you're gonna pass that up. But all I'm saying oh, is this podcast has got me passing that up. This podcast has got me in such a way that I'm actually looking at purchasing a decent amount of property when I get out here in like a year. And if any of this craziness happens on that piece of property, like it's getting shot before I even find out what it is. Like I'm just gonna be well, in yeah. this moment in, in this, this day and age. Like, absolutely. In, in this I mean, just talking about all this stuff is just it's gonna put me in this moment of just like it's the aliens and they're coming for me. In in, in this day and age, that, that would be a lot of people's first thought is oh, let me take my phone out and record this or whatever, or whatever I have with me. Let me try to gather some evidence of some sort you know like this is crazy like i need to post this online people aren't going to believe this unless they see it back then they're probably had the opposite thought like i ain't telling nobody about anything i saw because they're gonna think i'm fucking crazy and send me to the loony bin you know like embellishment, and a picture would change all of that if you had an image of it not true. Not necessarily. Not true. You take because a picture. Look what's on my property. Look, look at how many pictures there are of Bigfoot. I was. Yep. Well, this is just a picture, though. It's just like I mean, we is, have the Patterson Gimlin film, and people still believe Bigfoot doesn't exist. Well, that's beside how the many, point. How many how many pictures not... and videos of UFOs are there? You know, like that, and people like, oh, that's BS, right. or whatever. And then the well, government finally like comes out. You know, the government's not going to lie to us. You could. You could look at the Patterson Gimlin Bigfoot film, which is good. We brought in Bigfoot, but um, or like the pictures of the UFOs or whatever. And you could say, I don't believe that that is what people are saying it is. But unless it's obviously CGI, you can't say, but there was no object there. So in this circumstance, even if they had an image of it, if no one believed it and they're just like, or it was like me and I'm like, I don't believe that ball lightning is real or whatever. You know, I could be wrong. I, I don't care, but. You know, I could see an image of a of a light over a over a field and say, you know, yeah, that's but you're, whatever it is, but it wouldn't remove the light from the field where you're, you know you're this talking about taking a picture of this thing with a disposable camera with a fixed aperture, fixed lens, fixed you focal better point, than just the word of mouth. Everything and this thing's apparently moving and and moving in an intelligent way. They're going to t try to take a picture of it. It's going to end up being like a squiggly line. Like people like to say, oh, look at this. This is a fucking UFO. And people are like, dude, that's like, I don't know. I mean, it, it certainly could, but unless the they try, they'll never know. <laughs> now, now let's say that they had a video recorder, a video, a video camera, and they set that up outside. Who's to say that this thing's not messing with that? And every time it passes in front, you just get a fuzzy picture. It's just messing with the frequency. It's actually funny you bring that up. I, I'm sure Jeremy's going to get into it. I don't know about it being in this episode because we're already on nearly two hours. But uh, there, oh, we there still have at least another hour and a half on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I'm just kidding, Jeff. Jeff, I'm just messing with you. Not dude. with me, you don't. <laughs> I don't want to spoil nothing, but there is some things with video cameras later on. I'm I'm hoping Jeremy covers it. I uh, we'll Nids Nids gets pretty technology sure driven. They 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 bring all this in, Jake. Yes. Just so you know, and crazy shit happens. And yeah, uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Look, all I'm saying is that both of your circumstances that you just threw out there were just both what ifs, right? What if he took a just picture like and then you got this streaky line? And what if what if they tried to video you know videotape it and they got like the, all this fuzz and all that stuff? The point is that I'm trying to make is that this was a circ 
a bunch of different things were happening all the all the time. <laughs> and we don't know if that would have been the case because as far as we know, they didn't even attempt to. Because in okay, even if you were took away all the crazy paranormal the stuff away and just said back in the nineties there could be someone screwing with my property, attacking my livelihood. I need to do something so that I have legal representation to say this is what's on my property. Even if it's just like a light and you could say, I don't know, it's a helicopter light. Or you're going like to tell someone who works works a ranch for a living that they need to get legal representation. Most of those guys are going to take it into their own hands and handle it themselves. Nine times yeah. out of ten. Did he call the police even, for the even, cattle mutilation? Even, even to this day, these these guys, that's, that's, what, they, that's what they do. Like – I'm not going to call the cops for who I think someone's on my property, whatever. I'm going to have my gun and I'm going to light them up if I get the chance. You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to do something. That's for damn sure. Uh, and obviously they weren't just sitting around just letting this stuff happen. They were trying to like figure it out in their own way. Uh, but I mean, back then you're, I don't think uh, people's first thought is, Oh man, there's a floating light over there over my property. Let me go get legal representation. Not at the oh, let first me get proof attempt. So I can, you know, not if I shoot this and ends up being a person in this picture, at least it doesn't look like a person. So then I'm not liable for their death. You know, like, come no, on. No, I'd say more along you, the lines of this is this is this ridiculous. Well, not just, at the first one, but if this is a common enough thing that it's just like it's becoming a a bothersome well, event. Te- technically, after it's what, not like a common enough event. thing because all a majority <laughs> majority of these events are different different things jeff's ah, gonna be at the water cooler dude jeff's gonna be at the water cooler tomorrow they're gonna be like how was your night he's gonna be like i don't know i just sat there and listened to two shills argue for like right he's projecting the shill thing on me because he sounds like a really i just asked story. one simple question if there was any physical proof and here we are 20 minutes later <laughs> So the answer is no, because other things may have happened to that physical proof. We got that. We got the no right out the bat. (laughs) (laughs) Because a couple of children want to argue about it. I'm not saying that. Okay, look, just because there's no just because there's no pictures or videos doesn't mean I don't think that the things weren't happening. I believe these people were experiencing things. I was just curious if there was something more than the modern shit that we have now. Cause yes, I can go watch the show and yes, I have seen things that people have documented on Skinwalker ranch, but I was curious if like they had it at the time and I can understand why they wouldn't, but cause they're making it up. That's right. Let me, let me take this, this lump Probably. of freaking uh, mass of flesh and bones. That's all just in a pile in the woods let me put it in a bag and put it in the freezer so I can show it to someone. Then people are going to think I fucking like round up my damn dogs. Like the, like, junk right. came off the invincible wolf. That wouldn't be something that you'd want to save and be like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. <laughs> we did it. We did enough. Okay. Let's move on. Let's before Jeff quits. Um, <laughs> it's my bedtime. Last one. All Hi, right. Jeff. Last one. A few more before you go. The unknown entities that haunt the property had evicted another family from the land. The Shermans would break their silence about what had been going on, and a story was published in a 1996 edition of the Desert Newspaper. It was this article that would bring in the next owner of this now famous haunted, famously haunted property, billionaire 
and Las Vegas businessman, Mr. Robert Bigelow. But a few days before Mr. Bigelow would take ownership of the property, the Shermans would have one more unforgettable incident for their final farewell. The day was quiet, and the last of the chores they would ever perform on their dream property were done. Terry and Gwen Sherman went to sleep like any other. But when they woke up, they were shocked to find that the sheets that they were fast asleep on were covered in blood. They soon realized that a scoop of their own flesh was missing out of each of their right thumbs. Although many would hear this final story of the Shermans as the owners of the ranch as nothing more than a story about injuries on their thumbs from a long day of chores on a rough ranch in Utah. But many researchers in alien abductions have pointed out that this is a common sign of a visit from an extraterrestrial entity. Soon after the release of the Sherman Ranch story in the Desert News newspaper, a man come knocking on the door of the Shermans asking for permission to meditate on their property. The man had read the article and thought that what was happening on the ranch was not spiritual or not supernatural in nature, but rather spiritual and wanted the opportunity to connect with the phenomenon. The Shermans reluctantly allowed the man to do what he wanted to do. This man chose a place in the field on the edge of the tree line. Here, the man raised his hands to the sky and closed his eyes. A few minutes passed and the Shermans watched as they believed the foolish man was wasting his time. Terry was first to see the movement in the tree line. It was as if something was walking along the bushes and tall grass, but nothing was there. Mr. Sherman argued that there was in fact something there and that in the area in which the plant matter was moving, he could see the pixelated outline of an upright being. Whatever it was, shortly after the Shermans noticed it, it began to move very quickly towards the man and stopped just inches away from him. Then, an awfully loud yell belted from the anomaly, and the meditating man fell over backwards and sat frighteningly still on the ground. The predator-esque anomaly quickly retreated back into the woodline, and Terry ran to the man. Terry and his son helped the man get back to his car, and he was never seen again. But this was it. The Shermans finally sold the ranch to Robert Bigelow and took the proceeds from the sale and purchased another ranch about 20 miles away. And then yeah. the man started the Predator franchise. Actually, I want to say the Predator came out before this. Yeah, Jake. Sounds <laughs> yeah. like it was fake then. I mean, makes sense, dude. Uh, in my opinion, the interdimensional realm and the spirit realm are one and the same. So, well, yeah. You know, this guy's saying oh, it's a, a spiritual, you know, whatever. Predator came out in 87, for the record. Such a good movie. Good movie. Yeah. So yeah, good. Have you guys Pixelated played the game? Beings and it's whatnot. A good game, too. No, I haven't played the game. Anyways. So what do you guys think? First episode of Skinwalker Ranch is in the books. <clears throat> I dig it. It was good. I still want to go. Let's go. Field trip. You can't. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's because they're worried you'll see the wires. You can't. <laughs> I can. I can do whatever I want to do. My parents told me I'm to a do sovereign I citizen. I, <laughs> I am. <laughs> the rules don't apply to me. That's right. That's right. I'm Michael Sarah. I can do anything. 
<laughs> Probably get away with that too. <laughs> yeah. Now this is good. It. I definitely think that it is some sort of interdimensional, you know, entities tampering with people for who knows what reason. Could speculate all day long, but uh, a lot of this sounds a lot to me like it's nuts and bolts technology. Seems like magic, you know, because it's so advanced. But in my opinion, it's some form of technological manipulation, probing. Uh, experimentation, who the fuck knows? That's what I think. Yeah, dude. Anus. Yeah. Probing in the, the cow butts, yeah. Yeah, you know. Good old rectal probe. Gene so, farming, I don't know. Jake, you're not a, not a big fan of this one, huh? No, I am. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell, Jake. <laughs> 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 well, I got... Danis or Danis, I got Dennis Raider freaking attacking me over here about. Freaking... Oh, my God. <laughs> so dramatic! What the fuck is that? I'll, That's I'll take, called for. I'll take Michael Sarah over the BTK killer any day. <laughs> but no, I, I I dig it. It's a. I'm gonna. Where can I find the show? First of all, oh, History Channel. You, I mean, if you got Hulu, you got you got all. All right. Well, then I'm going to binge watch all of it. I'm going to oh. binge watch all of it because I, I want to see because uh, you were talking about like the llamas or the alpacas or whatever being the, like, the alpacas. That's exactly what it was. So I want to see if this is like because I don't know. I, I've never seen any sort of like a cryptid show or an alien show where things weren't like this is what could have happened, you know, sort of stuff like where it's an actual investigative report. You know, that's not that's not like ghost hunters, right? Where they're just like, you know, so the cameraman pushes the host into the wall and he's like, <gasps> you know, or something like that. Or they just <laughs> pretend to see something, you know. I mean, all those I shows see some definitely stuff, have, right? have a uh, a bit of extra drama added to them. Like that's without a doubt. I don't think there's a single show out there on any major network that doesn't have some form of that in it. And there is some some uh you know i like secondhand cringe in that show you know mm. when i was watching it but there is some like really weird stuff that you know if if it's true you know it's actually happened it does it is like really weird it makes you think like when, what the hell is going when on they there? pull out that uh magnet that rolling magnet the thing that uh maps out the ground underneath your feet uh, and they found those humps underneath the ground. I was like, hmm, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, and then there's a couple times where a UFO spots uh, comes up and they actually show it to you on the show um, where there was one time where the cow died and there was a UFO right over its fucking head. Um, Man, I got to get a VPN so I can watch this. And they, they have it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Express VPN. <laughs> They uh they show you that they show you the the security camera of the thing fucking bleeding, you know its head off, and a UFO is just above the tree right above it. So I mean th there is some interesting stuff. I don't I can't say that everything on there is real because it's fucking entertainment. It's on TV, right? Um, but you know I don't know, man. It'd be 
Yeah, I'll check it out. I mean, and I, I like the I like the topic, I like the episode, but you know me. I don't believe in any of this stuff, and I'm not going to change just because they might have been, you know, dumb farmhands that didn't know how to work a digital camera. Oh, jeez. Unless it Polaroid was the Fresno Night How what much do they said. pay you to say that, Jake? <laughs> so I'm just, I, I'm not going to change Before my opinion gets on offended, it I didn't just because say that. of that. But, well, that's what you said. But <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> you said they were dumb to figure it out, and they didn't even have believe. electricity. But, uh... <laughs> Electrissa, what? Yeah, no. Um, but I, uh, but no, I, yeah, I'm digging it because it's like it's like anything, right? It's like the Kecksburg UFO and stuff. There was towards the end of it, it's like, all right, well, here's the story and here's all the stuff going on. Now let's actually break this down to stuff that we know, you know, could be a possibility for this circumstance or whatever. So that's you know what I'm doing, and I have to find the holes and the holes in this circumstance. Mm-hmm. As if it was such a huge issue that it was a constant thing then there in my mind would have been some effort to have said well i'm going to try to snap a picture of anything because as far as i know all i'm saying but is that's light, your current day mind a... yeah but when, that's what i have 90s, to go off of i can't in the go... 90s what is your brain gonna say come on i can't go back in time and anyway. ask you know <laughs> someone what their state of mind was i have my own personal you know viewpoint of stuff all right Gentlemen, anyway, just because you're 50 and you know. Jeff is I dying know. right now. <laughs> Every word you speak nails another nail into his coffin. <laughs> Look at him. Dead. D-E-D. Dead. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole Podcast. <laughs> no input from Jeff. Thank you for accepting our bullshit for two years. Uh... Jake, I can't believe we've done this for two years, man. It's pretty cool. Um, we should kill it. We just cut it off. I don't think we can. <laughs> I think we got. We have a ton more to go. An absolute fuck ton of content left to go. Uh, we still haven't even done anything on my list that I that I made for everybody. None of it's been done. Uh, so that's good because everyone has been doing topics that relate to them and not to me, which is great. Yeah, that's it. Feels great to be back, everybody. Thank you for listening in. We'll see you next week when we cover part two of Skinwalker Ranch, when we dive into technology and the NIDS team. The National Institute of Discovery of Science visits and owns Skinwalker Ranch with multi-billionaire mogul Robert Bigelow of Bigelow Airspaces, Aerospace. Uh, just to kind of give you a heads up, Jeff, he has ties to NASA. Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> Do they finally install power on the ranch? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and they get a refrigerator, Jake, a fridge. Yes. <laughs> they can have cold, Seth. cold water now, but <laughs> you're, you're being way more offensive than I ever was. <laughs> No, no, no. It's all it's all uh, good and fun. Uh, this was a great episode, everybody. Thanks for providing two hours and ten minutes worth of entertainment. But anyways, thank you for hanging out with us on another episode of the Infinite Reptile Podcast. Until next time, travelers. We'll see you in the next path of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Bye. 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 Bye.